Shut up and sit down. Hi, I'm Corbin. And I'm Katie. And we are the, the Vagabonds. Two best friends adventuring through the world of lady stuff, one episode at a time. We don't give medical advice, and we don't seek for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having at bars anyway. Well, hello. Hello. Oh, I missed my thing. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about toxic stress. Yay. Toxic stress? Toxic stress. I don't like toxic stress. Yeah. Me shouldn't. This distinguish distinguish from cho- toxic shock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very distinguished. Okay. That's important. That. That's an important distinction. All right. Yeah. Well, how are you guys? I'm good. good. Wait, this I'm is on our the first... eve of starting my residency. Oh my gosh. And this is our first recording apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get trained that... on all the EMRs this week, guys. Oh my gosh. That stresses me out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it is our first one apart. Uh, we have some kinks to work out, but it's yeah. going to be great. So I wanted to intro this topic a little bit because I don't know if you've been uh, reading or seeing. I, I mean, I don't know if you've been living under a rock is what I'm really trying to say about uh, the what's going on in the borders and the, the Trump administration forcibly, you know, like t- separating children from their parents and detaining children at the border. Yeah, are entering I have to the, say, um, not a fan. Yeah, who are entering the country usually, you know, um, for safety reasons themselves. And I'm very, I think, torn up about it, as many of us are. But anyway, I re- uh, and at the end, I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, things you can do uh, to hopefully make sure that the administration knows we're not happy about this. But um I read an article uh, in NPR that basically said pediatricians warn um, and immigrant advocates were warning that separating migrant children from their families uh, can cause, quote, toxic stress and disrupt a child's brain development and harm long term health. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just wanted to talk a little bit about the science behind that and why that's like actually a real thing and actually some of the best research that we have in terms of epidemiology epidemiology is actually on you know toxic stress and the um brain development you know and i'm like kind of (laughs) dipping out of the obgyn category but this actually affects every health um so there was a study basically um in the late 90s um but that was a partnership between kaiser permanente and the cdc um in which uh Basically, it was actually an obesity specialist had um, he had an obesity clinic and he realized that he had a, like a high dropout rate in his obesity clinic, despite them having success losing weight. And he discovered that a lot of the people who inter- who dropped out of the program actually had an experience of childhood sexual abuse. Um, so the guy's name is uh, Dr. Felitti, and he had a, also a partner, Robert Anda. Um, and they kind of decided to look into what are the kind of precursors to adult ill health, um, looking at basically screening people for different traumas in childhood. And this was called the ACEs study. So the adverse childhood <laughs> Take experiences. Take a shot. 
Yeah, take a shot. Yeah. Um, and so basically they ask people about um so different things that happened. It, it usually has to do with um physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical, emotional neglect, exposure to domestic violence, household substance abuse, household mental illness, parental separation or divorce, it, or incarcerated household members. And so they ask people, you know basically check do you have this one do you have this one do you have this one and they um and then they followed participants until they were older and then determined also like do they what kind of health issues they have so they found out that um kind of like independent of race and independent of socioeconomic status aces so having one ace or two ace or three aces have a dose dependent impact on the health of their uh, of adults so like if you have one ace which most people have at least one ace Mm -hmm. um you have this likelihood of having like obesity or um, alcoholism but if you have two aces you're more likely to have these um poor health outcomes in um in your adult life uh some of the health issues that Ace, aces have been shown to be a risk factor for, like I said, alcoholism, COPD, depression, fetal death, um, illicit drug use, ischemic heart disease, liver disease, uh, risk for intimate partner violence, sexually transmitted disease, smoking, suicide attempt, early initiation of smoking, early initiation of sexual activity, adolescent pregnancy, so there's a, like a myriad of uh, health outcomes that that we that can be linked to basically amount of trauma experienced in childhood and so for a while the here's another medical take a shot scenario <laughs> um, was a little bit of little bit unknown you know why this would be. And so right now the the kind of idea is that you basically when you're a child your brain is still developing and so you experience different kinds of stresses. So there's and this is according to um the Harvard Center for the Developing Child um there's a positive stress response. So this is normal like everyone has these you know you basically it's a brief increase it like stress response so increase in heart rate mild elevation hormones and for children uh, basically for a positive stress to be positive it needs to be short-lived and they need to have like this basically social support to kind of with withstand it so a positive stress response is like the first day going to kindergarten or something or getting an injection that's positive because it's short-lived and usually they have like a, a support. Um, there's a tolerable stress response and this is like a more severe, longer lasting kind of stress response. So like if the loss of a loved one, a natural disaster, a frightening injury, things like that. But um, usually those are, and this is even more important for the, kind of like the buffered to be buffered by relationships that help the child adapt to these things. So this is where like a parental or some sort of like guardian type figure is important. And then there's a toxic stress response. So it occurs when a child has like 
stressful experiences that are strong, frequent, and or prolonged. Um, so like if you have like, we're talking about physical or emotional abuse, chronic neglect, or any of the ACEs we talked about um, without adequate adult support. And this kind of, this prolonged, basically it's saying like when you continually make your stress response like happen, um, it impairs the development of your brain development and like other organ um, health like organ systems that it lead to ill health later in life right well so this kind of reminds me of the episode when holly was on when we talked about the um like fighting stress you know and it's kind of how we talked about like yeah. how when you're stressed all the time your cortisol level is just always up and so it makes sense that like if you're developing and your cortisol level is always up that that's gonna mess some yeah. stuff up right yeah and um and I have to find the find the the reference somewhere, but a while back there was actually this American Life on it, and mm -hmm. they were talking about how you know if you're constantly you know like you know are having a stress response, then every little also it makes it harder to like adapt and cope with little stress stressful situations because of the fact that um you know every trigger is just like it's triggering this big stress response that your body is used to and right. then you know it's like if you're used to being chased by it's like being chased by a bear all the time as opposed to um just not necessarily having to deal with like a big stress like that so the example they gave with kids was kids who are in like extremely stressful environments at home if they go to school and they're like confronted by an authority figure even if it is a minor thing it can be this big thing because they're used to being in this like very stressful state and so i mean in the aces study they talk about you know like i said like neglect and abuse and parents uh going to prison they don't necessarily talk about like what if you you know um were forced to flee from your home and then you were taken away from your parents at the border and detained in inhumane you know like a a confinement center that was actually built you know that children shouldn't have to be in because it's like basically a prison mm -hmm. um they don't necessarily talk about that that you know they don't screen for that but i think um pediatricians and the american association of pediatricians does consider that like you know obviously it's a trauma and you would have like this toxic stress environment i think that's especially compounded by the fact that you're taken away from your parents so you're taken away from your support system that we talked about is important for children to learn how to cope and deal with stress and then just is what leads to this potentially permanent impact on health and they mentioned how uh i mean the, the scientists actually believe that it impacts like your epigenetic epigenetics so things that get passed on and um changes in your brain structure and so yeah and, and that's a lot this particular stress of of um separation from family in these conditions i mean it's hitting several of the example aces um that i've seen um, including, you know, I would say including, um, emotional abuse because we don't know what's happening between the kids 
that are in these situations and we don't know what's happening between the kids and their um for lack of a better word watchers yeah um physical neglect emotional neglect um you know they themselves are being incarcerated so that's you know i guess we could look at that but i mean there's so many different ways that there's so many different aces that are these kids are being subjected to or could be being subjected to wouldn't surprise me at all if we found out in the future just how bad it is yeah um i'm not i'm not i guess what i'm saying is i'm not optimistic that (laughs) they're getting you know while they're separated they're getting all of the other support that they need in the absence of their parents right and like it, well, it can't be especially I, because i feel these, like it can't be these kids are being seen as criminals i feel like even though they're they literally have done nothing wrong they're children like yeah you know and yeah they're like yeah like katie said i mean they're being effectively punished for having done nothing wrong and you know their parents i mean mostly are fleeing poor you know violence mostly in other situations and um yeah so they've already had that too yeah they've already had that and they've been taken away from their parents who i mean there's no need there's absolutely no need for that you know it's it's just hard to imagine that there isn't an alternative to this practice Mm -hmm. unless Unless the whole um, point of it is to punish, um, the, the point whole point it, of I think the, the point actual of it separation is to, is to punish. People. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's probably true. Which is just disgusting. I mean, because historically, what they have done with unaccompanied minors is actually like place them with relatives in the U.S. until right. they might be deported. Right. Right. Which. That was the whole thing with like the however many lost quote unquote children, right? Is that yeah. like that? I mean, that's what they were doing is they were placing them with other people in the U.S. And I mean, they weren't actually technically lost. Like they're not like they weren't like kidnapped or whatever. It's just that the government didn't know where they were, basically. Probably each of us knows people who have these sorts of things in their background, these aces. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I can tell you from my, you know, I don't have many, I don't have any aces <laughs> as far as I know. Um, but I do know people who have, and I, I know, I know firsthand how those translate into, uh, adult problems, adult health issues, not just mental problems, not just uh, mental illness, but actual physical Problems, And of course, I can't say on an individual basis that, you know, they are directly, you know, the, the ace that this person has directly has created um, the, the adult malady that they endure. But um, the number of people who I've seen with these issues kind of suggests to me that <laughs> this whole thing, it's, it's kind of bas- basically makes makes me think like, yeah, spot on. This whole aces thing is like uncontestable right well and i think it also i mean besides just being you know like you should not judge people based on their health or whatever anyway but i think it reminds me actually of you know the book that we read hunger and roxanne gay talking about her um 
you know issues with her body and like her self-image and mm-hmm. how people she would judge her from the outside for being obese and uh you know she obviously had this like trauma in her history that got her you know that had affected her and um was kind of like the underlying reason for her weight gain and her past and um so i think that it just shows you that people love to like body shame fat people Mm -hmm. or or even say you know people who have diabetes or people have heart issues like that's your fault like you should have been healthier you should have done this but alcoholism drug abuse yeah alcoholism drug abuse Um, you know depression anxiety like you just need to buck up and deal with it and you're just mopey or whatever um it really does go back you know further and into childhood and has a lot to do with uh what happened to you yeah this whole aces thing suggests you know that um it's potentially true that none of these issues, well, it is true. I mean, that none of these issues is anyone's fault or under yeah. really under anyone's um, e- easy influence to control, you know, like it's, it's basically like the hand we were dealt with growing up right. manifested in our adult selves. And so to judge people based on those, the existence of those issues is even more problematic it it being a problem where like there's like nothing you know there's like nothing you did to cause it also like seems hopeless because it's like well then there's nothing we can do to like fix it you know which isn't true i mean that's not completely true right like obviously people who are resilient have like adults in their lives who support them and stuff so that i think that's like where the hope comes in is like if you are an adult and you have a kid in your life who's having a hard time, like be that person, right? Like yeah. you can help a kid be resilient if you are giving them resources and support. Yeah. And actually, so the CDC does have some things they recommend to like combat ACEs or whatever. But I actually do want to say, though, there is something I think about knowing that maybe your health issues or your mental health issues aren't your fault. I think it does help people with shame though. Cause I kind of feel like shame is kind of like one of the number one reasons people suffer in the world, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it, and it prevents people from being able to, you know, get, you know, change in whatever way they feel like they want to change is that they feel shame like i'm a bad person you know it's kind of like that i'm a bad person like i am bad versus i did a bad thing or right like i'm a bad person i'm like worthless you know and And also even just acknowledging the problems that they're having if you're if you feel ashamed ashamed of those problems then it's going to make you less likely to deal with and address and right and understand what's happening yeah like if you realize that you you know like shame i feel like people are more willing to seek help when they don't feel ashamed of who they are all Mm -hmm. that so um so the CDC, what do they say about what can we be done about ACEs? So they recommend um, home visiting to pregnant women and families with newborns. Um, parenting training programs. They The old joke is that uh, 
you know, they don't give you a hand, a manual <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. When you become a parent. But I mean, really parenting classes, I think could be really beneficial. Um, intimate partner violence prevention, uh, social support for parents, you know, parents, uh, uh, prevention programs for teen pregnancy and, uh, unintended pregnancy, mental illness and substance abuse treatment, high quality ch- child care is important and sufficient income support for lower income families. Yeah. That last one strikes me as very, very, very important mm-hmm. as well. I mean, yeah, the, a lot of, I, you know, I, I think a lot of the factors, a lot of the ACEs, um, can trace themselves. They can be traced back to just poverty. Um, not all of them, but you know, like, you know, poverty is a big factor anyway in the existence of these, um, of these traumas. And, you know, without addressing that particular issue, it seems harder to address many of the other issues. You know, if you're poor, if you, if you're, if your mother, if your family was poor and you had a person in your household with mental illness, there's no way that they can address that, that difficulty. And so that problem will never, will never be treated properly. Um, you know, if, if you're poor, then you are in many ways automatically less likely to, um, have a family member that's to not have a family member that is incarcerated. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. like all of these things lead to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's hard to afford treatment. Right. It's hard to. Um, it's hard to extract yourself from an, an abusive relationship uh, yeah, when you depend on the other person. From an abusive relationship. Yeah. Well, and like I mean, Corbin just touched on it's harder for treatment. Like, this is why, like everyone should be able to access healthcare is because that takes like one part out of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. But, it's distressing because. You know, I I think I, I see no effort among our leaders and not just this administration, but others too, to link all of these things together and say, you know, logically, all of these things are related. And if we talk about one, we have to talk about all of them. Um, but I, I don't see that. You know, I don't see that effort. I've never seen that effort really uh, in a very sort of concentrated way. They're all treated, if they're treated like anything, they're all treated like isolated problems right. um, that, you know, are fixed with laws that, you know, don't address all the other problems, if they're addressed. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. So, well, this was a bummer. Sorry, guys. That's but, right. <laughs> um, uh, life is a bummer you know what let's just yeah. i feel like we should just embrace that once in yeah, a while you know like it's sometimes it's it's fucking okay to acknowledge the bummerosity uh <laughs> that is life yeah. um, but sometimes. if you because if you um, don't you can't change it you can't fix it you can't look at it you can't see it yeah that's Very true. true suffering is a part of life if you are uh, concerned about the ref- the you know kids at the border, you can call your representatives about it. Of course, 
The ACLU is preparing a suit, I believe, so you can uh, throw some money their ways. There are also a number of charities working on the border. So Catholic Charities for One is a charity working on the border. Um, and you can just Google some charities that are working on the border. Yeah, it, it, um, it, it seems among the more important things that we really should be paying attention to and in a world where there are so many. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right now, but um, I mean, this is like, this is just destroying lives. I have no doubt, and uh, that's tragic. And it's also something that we should be morally obligated to pay attention to and speak up about. And it just, I mean, it's just against what America is, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it's like tear down the Statue of Liberty while you're at it, you know. I know. Did you guys see that uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen donated like $72,000 each? Yeah, because yeah, it was President Trump's birthday. And so they like donated $72,000 per person in their family, which is four people, to the ACLU. Hmm. Man, I wish I could was do awesome. stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. Yeah, read up about it, folks. Yeah. Um, and remember in November. Yeah, remember. But yeah. Remember. Well, do we have any fallopian files? Yeah, dog. I'll go I first do. since I have mine yeah, ready. So. Mine has to do with um, police and th- stuff, but it's happy. Mine is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the TV show. <laughs> it's so good. So I have, I've only seen clips of this show on on like Facebook or whatever, YouTube, things mm-hmm. like that. And it's so good. It does seem very funny. I thought it was canceled, but... So Fox canceled it, but then uh, NBC picked it up, I think. Yeah, NBC. Yeah. That's hap- this seems to be happening a lot more with like really good TV shows that get um, canceled and then bought up by another network. Yeah. Perhaps because of a strong fan, strong vocal fan base. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine is just like, okay, so obviously it's about police in Brooklyn and they, um, but they like tackle like a lot of tough issues without being like super pro police or like anti-police you know like they talk about like profiling and like all this other stuff and it's really good but yeah and funny and very funny and has like some of the best characters on tv Mm -hmm. um my fallopian files is also about the police but not happy Mm. well actually it's not really about the police it's about a district attorney so there's a podcast um called in the dark and it's in the second season it's by APM so American Public Media um and it's an investigative podcast and if you're not listening to it you need to listen to it because it's just about an extreme miscarriage of justice if you will um there's this uh man by the name of Curtis Flowers who has been tried for the same crime six times um and I mean I don't want to give too much away but um it kind of essentially goes through all the ways that he's been uh mistreated by the system and specifically by the DA Doug Evans in Mississippi that uh where this all takes place and he's on death row so for a crime i firmly believe he did not commit 
based on the podcast, but you can be the judge of that. Hmm. Um, yeah. Is the is the podcast pretty well um, uh, sort of balanced in the way that like I always felt like Serial was the is sort of the prototype of these podcasts. It seems yeah. like, and uh, I always felt that Serial was actually pretty. Um, you know, it questioned itself a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing about this is. So it's not like they just like kind of lackadaisically reported it. Like their reporters moved to this town for an entire year. Mm -hmm. And like, so it's not like it was like, you know, research from afar, phone call. No, like it was like they're really down there. And I mean, I do think it's very thoroughly investigated. Like they're legit journalists and not just, I don't know, people are just, you know, randomly doing this. Like they're real journalists and they you know they kind of double check and cross triple check and quadruple check every assumption they make and um do do their research pretty well i think it's uh something that everybody needs to be listening to right now because it's just terrible okay well i don't know uh my fallopian file would have to be um pride month yeah so uh yeah we went to uh brunch today it was a it was supposed to be a um, a uh, family friendly drag <laughs> drag brunch, which uh, we took. To, we weren't sure what that meant, but we decided to go check it out. Um, and as we walked up, there were uh, um, some folks standing outside in uh, in you know some very theatrical drag. Um, and so we were excited. When we got in, there was less of that. Uh, there was um, uh, just a bunch of people having a good time, having a good brunch. Um, could have been any other day, except that, uh, you know, it was it was specifically aimed at people celebrating Pride. And, and uh, you know, it's been a big... It was Pride Week in Iowa City. It's Pride Month around the country. And um, hooray for Pride Month. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, hooray. Yeah. So, uh, how are you guys adjusting to your new lives in in other places in this country? Well, it's very hot. It's so hot. It's not any better <laughs> here, you know. Like it's where yeah, all three of us are hot. It's so humid here, though. Yeah, you're like, you're in South Carolina for a million or, times. Uh, yeah, sorry, you're in South Carolina, right? Yes. And Corbin is in is in Austin. Yes, and it's hot. And how how are your how are your new places? Good. They're coming together. I see a lovely closet bookcase behind you, which I appreciate. Yeah, that's nice, Corbin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm literally in my closet. You're inside a closet. That's it has the most soundproofing because it's full of clothes. Yeah, that's pod. That's what a lot of podcasters do. And I don't have a desk yet, so I would sit in my closet, but none of my closets are big enough for that sort of thing. (laughs) Well, we have like no linen closets in our house. It's very annoying. Have you been exploring your your cities? Because yeah, I've been I've been in Iowa City for a long time now, and uh, but I do remember being excited to move to Iowa City and explore a new yeah. place. And we've been exploring a little bit, but um, we're very broke right now, so <laughs> <laughs> we don't wait, have a lot of money to do activities. Waiting for those fat resident checks to kick in. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, we have been like exploring a little bit like columbia is a very reasonable place to like go out and do stuff because 
it's the capital so there's like a lot of stuff that's cheap and first and usc is here so it's like super for students and everything mm-hmm. but uh we also went to atlanta and charlotte to see friends and like vacation so that was really fun yeah good yeah it's like weird that they're just like a day trip to go to charlotte now it's like so random and it has it been an adjustment being away from iowa city and and all these people that you've been hanging out with for a long time it is weird i'm not gonna lie i'm a little homesick yeah i miss iowa city i feel the opposite my friends (laughs) i miss my friends i miss my friends but iowa city never felt like home home to me so it Mm -hmm. i don't know it and like in the summers like i've like okay so first summer corbin and i were in niger second summer uh we were in des moines third summer adam was gone most of it so like i've never really had like a summer in iowa city that felt like normal summer so yeah i guess that makes sense yeah yeah i think for me iowa city felt a lot like hope just because i had a pretty you know independent life there you know i just kind of did my thing so yeah i definitely miss it i think it's also the comfort of like knowing where things are and like knowing when the best time to go to the grocery store is and (laughs) not getting caught in an hour of traffic somehow randomly and (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I um yeah even knowing which grocery stores are the good ones and which ones you don't necessarily want to go to and where the coffee shop is and yeah 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 we'll get there it'll feel like home soon enough just yeah yeah it will it'll be awesome I, I mean, Austin's got this reputation as being a really fun, interesting city, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope I have more. I feel like of the three of us, you have more chance at, you know, having a uh, having a blast. Yeah. Right? Right. And I mean, I'm a registered Texan now. Me, I'm a registered <laughs> South Carolinian. Like, I have Texan plates. and Except, let me tell you, the DMV here is the DMV of lore. It is terrible. Oh, really? Like, waiting for hours sort of situation. Yeah. The big city DMV. Yeah. yeah, well, and they're supposed to have, like, four offices for Travis County, but they actually only have one now. So, hmm. it's just a big freaking mess. Anyway, good times. Here I am complaining about the DMV. That's boring. <laughs> it's very adult, though. Yeah. <laughs> now that you're an adult, you can complain yeah, about things. I can like- complain. I mean, Iowa is so different. You basically just like walk in the door and handle your crap and then leave. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always laugh Never when people complain about the, the DMV in Iowa City. It's ridiculously. Yeah. Fast. So. Yes. All right. Well. well I'm uh, I'm excited to hear more in the future about your journeys and your travels and your and your uh, trials and tribulations. Yeah. Oh, Indeed. and this will come out on my first day of orientation. So. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. And Corbin, you said your you start tomorrow, which yes. is Monday for those of you who don't know when we're recording. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, which means that uh, so Kate, Katie's will be Wednesday. Yes. And um, uh, that's that's awesome. Oh, you want to hear what's not awesome, though? Corbin already knows this. I start my very first day of residency, July 1st. I work a 24 hour call shift. Wow. Uh, I'm going to die. <laughs> just throwing you right in there, aren't they? Yes. Yes. 
I have a 24 hour on July 4th. No, maybe I'm just in the evening. I do work Christmas this year. Woo! Me too! <laughs> Alright, enough complaining right. about our schedules. That's gonna be the whole podcast from I'm, now on. I'm actually fine with working Christmas. <laughs> Me too, I asked it for is. it. Like, yeah. I actually asked for Thanksgiving off as opposed to Christmas because I'm like, eh. I actually like Thanksgiving better. Yeah. Alrighty. Alright, well, talk to you next time. Bye. Later, skaters. <laughs> <laughs>